the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Every week, Josh will teach you ways to help manage, risk, and protect your retirement income in the new economy. The primary focus at Aptus Wealth is to provide flexible planning strategies that can efficiently achieve your long-term retirement goals. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we start, I want to let you know that you can hear Josh every Monday evening at 6 p.m. with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer. It's Money Mondays. Miss Josh's visit with Bruce? Well, you can always listen to the podcast at aptuswealth.com. Join one of the webinars, free webinars about every two weeks for people to learn about some of the key concepts of retirement planning. Call 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. The website is aptuswealth.com. This week, we are featuring some of the most memorable segments from the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Here's another listener favorite from the Aptus Audio Archives. Many people getting laid off in the country. Josh, what happens to their retirement plans? Well, they have a couple of choices. Obviously, they can, uh, you know, there's there's a, a couple of criteria for what I'm about to, to tell you. But obviously, number one is you can use it. So if, if you're in the position where you just simply have to have the money, um, you know, you don't have that emergency fund, you can't find viable employment in the long run. Of course, you can. Those are savings assets that you can use. But let's assume that um, either you find another job or you have that emergency fund and you want to decide you want to keep this into retirement category. What do I do with it? You essentially have two choices. Number one, you can leave it where it is. I mean, there's some criteria to make sure that you can leave it where it is. It has to be over $5,000, et cetera. But let's assume that all those criteria are met. You can leave it exactly where it is. Um, keep it invested in the company plan. Uh, what are some upsides to that? Well, typically, uh, company plans, uh, particularly at the lower dollar amounts, meaning you have $20,000 invested in your 401k or something like that, um, company plans are typically inexpensive from a management perspective. They also have some fiduciary responsibility to put funds in there that are not uh, garbage. So you know that you have some decent funds available inside of your company 401k at low expense ratios. Second option is you can roll that into a self-directed IRA. There is no tax consequences for doing that. It still is kept under that tax umbrella of tax deferred. Uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages of doing that? <clears throat> well, the advantages are you now have the universe available, uh, essentially, to invest in. So you're not limited to the 10, 20, 30 investment options that are available inside of your 401k plan. You can invest in anything that you want. Um, the other advantage sometimes, and this is kind of stepping back all the way to I want to use it, some company plans only allow for uh, withdrawals of take it all or don't take any 
or you can take one withdrawal a year, which may not be conducive to these uncertain times, meaning I need a thousand bucks to get me through. I don't want to take more than that because I don't want to pay taxes on more than that, but I'd like to have it available to be able to take later. Your plan document may restrict you from doing that. So if you roll it to an IRA, you have unlimited flexibility to take the income any, any way you want and what amounts you want anytime you want and only pay taxes when you in fact take it. So a lot of company plans have a huge limitation in their fixed category. We've been talking a lot about repositioning for income. Well, if you were 64, 65 years old and you just recently got laid off and this might push you into, it might change up or even 62, it might change up when you retire, you certainly should have some money available for income. Typically inside of 401k plans, you have essentially bonds, money market, and stocks, and that's it. There are a myriad of other options that provide, in many cases, a better rate of return with greater guarantees than what you have available inside of your 401k plan from a safe perspective. So this might be the perfect opportunity. While you didn't want to get laid off, it might be the perfect opportunity to reposition those assets. The other thing that's just important to note because of the pandemic is you have the ability to withdraw $100,000 if you're under the age of 59 and a half, uh, penalty-free, but you have to pay the taxes still. Uh, you have some respite on when you pay the taxes. They have to pay, be paid over the next few years. But if you are in that position where you're 55 years old, you would normally have to pay what's called an excise tax on 401k distributions to the amount of 10% plus taxes. You are getting a pass on that 10%. So if it, you are in a scenario where you absolutely have to take that income, you can do it without that penalty. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. So talking about people who are uh, getting laid off, who are actually really close to retirement, they do now because of the COVID-19 and some relief there, they are able to access their retirement. But general rule of thumb, you shouldn't be touching that if you don't have to. Well, yeah, I mean, if you take the money now, it just exacerbates the problem later. You know, if you take money now, you might have to work a little bit longer. You might have to uh, save a little bit more when you get that job back. So it, it can have a very negative impact by using that kind of as a short-term fix. Retirement savings, and particularly 401ks, are there for, in fact, retirement and withdrawing smaller amounts of money over the remainder of your life. It can be a, a huge tax problem. And also, uh, you know, you, you essentially eliminate the power of that compounding interest over time. And I'm not ignoring the fact that, you know, if you have a family and you've been laid off and you can't find a job, uh, you know, first things first, for sure. I get that. But just don't take that decision lightly. Uh, consult uh, somebody. Call, consult my office. Consult uh, your financial advisor. Consult somebody to find out what is the impact of taking money from your 401k or IRA today on your retirement picture down the line. Um, you know, money doubles essentially. There's something called the rule of 72, Diane. And what you do with the rule of 72, and I don't know why this works, but if you take the rate of return that you achieve and you divide it by, divide 72 by that number, it tells you how long it takes for money to double. So if you get a 7.2% rate of return, your money doubles every 10 years. So let's just say that you're 40 years old and you take 10 grand out of your 401k today and you were planning on retiring at 70. And I only say 70 because it's easy math. That 10 grand 30 years from now is worth 20, 40, $80,000. So the impact of that $10,000 withdrawal is $80,000 later. So again, I, I understand that it might be a necessary evil, but don't make that decision lightly and think that I'm only taking 10 grand. It's not that big of a deal. It is a huge, huge deal in the long run. 
Um, so make sure you don't take it with uh, just a grain of salt. So a lot of a lot of your clients are great savers. They're great income earners. For people uh, who get into a desperate situation, would using credit maybe better than tapping into their retirement funds? It depends. You know, you're going to use credit very carefully too, because credit can get out of hand. I, I can tell you that I've seen uh, particularly home equity lines. People come, oh, I'm going to get a home equity line just in case I need the money for something, and all of a sudden they have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home equity loan attached to their house. And they go, how did that happen? I thought I was doing the right thing and the smart thing. So you have to treat all these things uh, very cautiously, but it may be a better option. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, if you've been laid off and you believe you're going to get your job back, it may make more sense to borrow from your 401k as opposed to take a distribution from your 401k. If you know that this is a temporary position and you have a home equity line, it may, may make sense at low interest rates. Home equity line interest rates are incredibly low. It may make sense to fill this temporary gap with that home equity line uh, amount. So just know that there are other options and don't dive at your 401k as the first option. It may be a, a terrible scenario. And I understand, you know, we have a lot of people out of work uh, and we have a lot of things to do, but this is the perfect time uh, to do some planning. It's a perfect time to revisit your scenario. It's a perfect time if you have been laid off to to go up and go out and pick up additional skills or uh, build your resume, uh, look for uh, jobs that you may not have looked at before, contract labor. Uh, I have I have some clients that have been laid off for sure, and what they're looking for now is how do I use my uh, my skill set to maybe do a contract contract type labor because companies still need uh, workers in a lot of respects, but they can't handle that big overhead. So they're willing to pay out flat rate costs to fulfill project needs. Um, that might be a great, uh, you know, pre-retirement job anyway. Maybe you were thinking about retiring in two years and you go, well, this is great. It's almost like semi-retirement. So try and find the silver lining in some of this stuff, but definitely don't just go grab your 401k and access it. Use it as a time to many people, uh, you know, they invest in their 401k, they allocate it, uh, they did it 20 years ago, they haven't looked at it since. It's a great opportunity, you're, you've, been your, you've had your hand forced, of course, but it's a great opportunity to revisit your 401k and say, am I invested the way that I should be? Are there other options I should be taking a look at? Um, go through the planning process. You know, we're still very much meeting with clients, albeit uh, online, but we're meeting with clients all the time and, and doing the planning that we've always done. This is a, a time when you're home and you have the time to do the planning, so that's not an excuse. And you certainly need to do the planning if you're home uh, because of a layoff, because you know we need to reevaluate and make sure we're still on track. So do the stuff that you need to do right now. Definitely don't uh, just sit around and wait for everything to turn around. Uh, do everything proactively that you can possibly do. And the Aptus Retirement Blueprint process, you will take into account where their situation is at and go over those things with them. Let's go through the blueprint process. And so that you know, the, 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 the pandemic certainly exacerbated some of these problems. There are certainly people that are laid off that weren't expecting to be out of work. But know that a large percentage, a significant percentage of people, even pandemic aside, end up retiring earlier than they wanted to for a myriad of reasons, whether it's a layoff or another reason, a health condition of themselves or trying to take care of a, a family or a loved one. There are tons of reasons why you might end up in this scenario, whether it was today or you should plan for this scenario happening potentially down the line. So if you're one of the lucky few that did not get uh, caught up in the whirlwind of layoffs, that does not mean that you're immune to having to plan for a retirement earlier than anticipated. So the planning remains the same. 
So hopefully my clients were well prepared for this as they were for any other scenario that might have come up. So we'll revisit it one more time. Uh, first, first meeting is a discovery meeting. We want to, want to find out everything about you. We want to find out what your goals are and what resources you have to satisfy those goals. Meeting number two, the analysis. The analysis is finding out, are you on track based upon what you're currently doing and what we found out in meeting one? And then in analyzing what are some potential landmines that could get in the way or, uh, you know, what are those big gusts of wind that could push your arrow off target? And make sure we have those in control. Those are very much what if something earlier uh, happens earlier than expected. Not a pandemic necessarily, but something. Meeting number three, we call the blueprint. Uh, do you, how do we address all of the things that we discovered in meeting number two that could throw you off track? And are you heading where you want to go? And then meeting number four is how do we actually implement all the things that we determined in meeting number three that we need to do? And we actually have to fill out the paperwork and do all of the, the heavy minutia, the heavy lifting of getting those things rolling. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people are doing in their retirement when they come to you and say, all right, Josh, I need help. I need you to go through the Aptus retirement blueprint process with me. I don't know if things are being maximized where I'm at now, where you, you look at this when you're in your discovery and analysis and are like, whoa, this is a huge huge error? Well, I mean, number one is not doing a plan. So I'll see a lot of errors because things are done just based upon kind of arbitrarily done. Meaning uh, my friend told me that I should do this. So this is what I did. And this is the way my 401k has been for the last 25 years. Or we had a meeting with my 401k company uh, 25 years ago, and I've kept everything the same. Or during 2008, I reallocated 100% of my money to fixed. Uh, and then I kind of forgot about it. Um, or uh, you know, ignoring huge areas of concern. Like, for example, I'm a saver, I'm a saver, I'm a saver, um, but I don't have any safe money. Or I'm, I'm a really strong saver, I'm 45 years old, I've amassed $500,000 at 45 years old, but I'm married with four kids and I don't have any life insurance. Um, so ignoring a huge problem just by not doing proper planning. So it's not for a lack of wanting to or not of a lack of trying, but maybe for a lack of not knowing the right questions to ask and not knowing what a true encompassing plan is, not knowing what rocks we still need to turn over or simply just doing things uh, by happenstance and arbitrarily. I see that a lot. I see people that are great savers, but they're saving into stuff that they don't even know what it is. So lack of a proper education is a huge one. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, your own Aptis retirement blueprint process, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. More from the best of the Aptis retirement blueprint radio show with Josh Pick after this. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptis Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptis Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptis Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptiswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptiswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. 
This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. This week, we're featuring some of the most memorable segments from all this year. Here's another listener favorite from the Aptus Audio Archives. Josh, with market volatility in the state it's in, what what should we be doing right now if we're in retirement or nearing it? It all depends upon your time. And by time, I mean, how close are you to retirement? If we're speaking specifically about retirement planning, and that's not devoid of the fact that I know people have other planning uh, needs. You know, I want to plan for vacation, plan for a home, plan for college, plan for a lot of things. But if we're speaking of uh, that goal or in this instance specifically retirement, are you a year out? Are you three to five years out? Are you 10 years out? Are you 25 years old and you're a long way out? That, that has a huge bearing on this. And the reason for it is we know, although we're not technically in a bear market today, we're still, uh, or we're in a bear market, we're not in a recession. Um, when we get into that category of now we've had this bouncing around, what if it turns into a W, it drops again? It typically takes three to five years for that to recovery to occur. If you look back at 2008, uh, 2001, 2002, um, you know, the Great Depression even longer, it, it takes time for us to get back to even. So if you're a year from retirement, you should certainly be looking at this recent, uh, what you call a rebound. This recent rebound is an opportunity to rebalance and position yourself more towards safety so that you're not jeopardizing that, that, uh, that timeline that you have of only being a year away. If you're three to five years away, it gets a little trickier uh, because you still want to maintain some sort of uh, position uh, of long-term planning, but you still have kind of a short-term window. It's that intermediate phase. And then if you're 10 years out, I mean, you know, markets recover in that time period, uh, you know, a, a large, large percentage of the time you know, where it may not feel great and it'll cause a lot of anxiety and uh, uncomfortable and you know people will call them paper losses it's easy for them to say it's not their paper losses it still hurts but you have not as much concern I think what we've learned though if you look at the emotional side of finance is that losses hurt two times as much as gains feel good there's been a lot of uh, what we call uh, emotional finance studies done on this and you've probably felt this Diane if you've ever gone to the casino you know you you take in a hundred bucks you win a hundred bucks and you feel really good about it, but you take in a hundred bucks and you lose a hundred bucks and you feel terrible about it. You know, it, it's a pit. It, everybody it's a pit in my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has the same reaction. So it gets back to that. How do we manage risk and volatility? So what do I think you should be doing right now? Well, one, I think there's, uh, you know, always a case for this, but even a stronger case today for, um, actively managed portfolios. So, you should certainly have actively managed portfolios to limit risk and downside uh, protection. And by actively managed, I mean not portfolios that just say we're going to try and pick the best large company stocks uh, in the market, but somebody who's managing where should we be in the market at all, uh, meaning should we be in large company stocks or small company stocks. And that doesn't really happen that much. If you think about your 401k, Diane, it, I have large company stocks to pick from, mid-company mutual funds to pick from, and small company and maybe some bonds, et cetera. But it's up to you to decide what that mix looks like. And they'll give you some sort of stagnant approach. You know, you should, you're X age and you should have 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds. But is that where you should be today? Is that where you should be always? Or should I view this investing, uh, should I view investing as the scenes may change inside of the economy. And maybe I should have been an 80-20 uh, stocks to bonds portfolio three months ago. Maybe I should be more like a 40-60 today, dependent upon my goals. So 
you have to really rely on that active management. I think that's that's critical right now. It's critical always, but it's even more critical now, Diane. If you're concerned about the market and you'd like to learn new strategies to manage retirement risks, give Josh's office a call to learn more about the Aptis Retirement Blueprint today. The number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you are finding advisors are giving their clients during this volatile time? I think number one is um, anytime people have bad news, they don't call. So I think the first thing that I hear all the time is, uh, you know, I'm just not even getting a call. Uh, so I think the, the bad advice they're giving is no advice. Uh, the worst advice they're giving is just hang in there. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why just hang in there doesn't work. Um, one, uh, there are things that you can be doing to improve your scenario a lot of the times. That does not mean that you change with the winds or with the tides. It doesn't mean the market's doing well, I want to buy, the market's doing poorly, I want to sell. That's the exact opposite of what you want to be doing. But now is a tremendous time for advisors to be calling and saying, hey, let's revisit your goals. Are you still planning on retiring when you were anticipating? Is your job at risk? Because if you believe that you might get laid off as a result of all of this uh, for the short term or long term, your goals have, in fact, changed. So how do we need to change your allocation for that? Um, and simply just sticking to the old the old plan and not revisiting it. That's the biggest one, Diane, I hear is, is just no advice. None at all. Just, boy, doesn't it stink. Hang in there. So if you're finding your advisor is not giving you a call, I'm just going to give Josh's number again at 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. So communication, incredibly important during these volatile times. So if your financial advisor is not contacting you, that's a huge red flag. So do you feel that this is the advisors just aren't prepared for the volatility themselves? I don't think they have anything good to say. Um, you know, if you, if you don't uh, subscribe to um, a fiduciary concept, number one, uh, that maybe they're not getting paid for giving you any additional advice, that's one problem. But um, if you don't uh, have a, a team of money managers who understand the methodology of risk management, you just have you know, I'm a broker and I have a bunch of mutual funds and you know, this one looks good and this one looks good. You don't really have enough tools in your tool bag to provide any additional advice. And I'm certainly not pointing fingers at anybody, but there are certainly a lot of people touting themselves as financial advisors who simply sell products. Um, so maybe they just don't have a good solution to talk about. Maybe they don't do a comprehensive planning process. Um, maybe that they did a terrible job to begin with and their clients are sitting poorly and they don't feel like getting yelled at. I, I don't know, Diane. All I know is I've been uh, in more communication with my clients now than I was six months ago because I think it's important and I think that there's opportunities that will present themselves moving forward. And I also think we had to, uh, you know, several months ago, we had to change our position to be a little more defensive for a lot of reasons. Uh, didn't realize that it was going to be uh, a COVID-19 issue, but we certainly saw uh, a time to start pulling back. With the people that are calling you that aren't your clients or the people that are out there, listeners, where their financial advisor is not giving them a call, I'm sure you welcome them to be able to look at their, go through the Aptis Retirement Blueprint process so you can at least take a look at their financial pictures to see if at least their financial advisor is doing a good job for them or if you could make changes so that they can optimize uh, their investments. Sure. I mean, knowledge is power. So uh, the more information that you can glean from uh, me, from others, the better you are. Uh, the more that you understand the way that things work, you understand 
why you are where you are, the better for you, uh, the better for your financial advisor, quite frankly. So I always recommend that somebody, you know, go through the process. Uh, let's see what we uncover. If nothing else, you found out that you've done everything that you should have done and uh, you're in great shape and uh, you have a great relationship with your current advisor and you can go back and shake that person's hand and say, thank you so much for what you did. Uh, many times, though, that, that is not the case. Um, and their advisor is uh, kind of almost through happenstance or just haphazardly has sold them a bundle of products over the years and then tried to figure out how those products can fit the needs after they were already sold. And that's just not the way the planning process should work. And I love the fact that Aptis has a team. You have uh, tax experts. You have uh, legal uh, people that you connect with. So it's it's an all-around, uh, well-rounded um, resource for your clients. I had a conference call with a client uh, about a special needs trust um, and uh, a revocable trust with uh, an attorney today. It happens all the time. It's it's very important that we're all on the same page. And tax, how important do taxes play with someone who's well, in retirement? I certainly don't like paying them. Uh, I know we all have to pay our fair share, but I have yet to have a client come through the door and say, uh, you, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about taxes. I, I don't really care how much I have to pay. So I'd say it's pretty darn important. It's not what you make. It's what you keep. Um, so tax planning is at the crux of what we do. Uh, matter of fact, we look at tax planning before we ever look at the investments that we should be in. Uh, taxes saved is the equivalent of interest earned as far as I'm concerned. So uh, we should start with income planning, then how does that relate to tax planning, and then what investments are best utilized to satisfy the two things that we tried to accomplish at the beginning. We talked about mistakes that financial advisors make. What about, the, what about people? What are some of the biggest things or mistakes that you see uh, people making when they're in retirement or close to it? Well, one is emotions. Uh, we can't outrun our emotions. You know, the two most powerful emotions are fear and greed. I'd say that we're uh, currently, as a result of COVID-19 and the market volatility, uh, it's very easy to fall into that fear category. Um, and I don't fault anybody for that. It's just how we're wired, uh, fight or flight, uh, the way that we're just absolutely wired at the core of our being. So fear is a big one. Um, and having somebody help you manage that fear to not make irrational decisions is very, very big. Um, the other thing is uh, that I see all the time is there's uh, definitely people who this is not their thing. They don't want to know about finance, and that's fine. I understand. There are certain things that I'm not good at, and I don't want to learn about either. But uh, completely turning a blind eye to it and saying, I don't want to learn anything about it, um, I think that you owe it to yourself from uh, a perspective of making yourself feel better in the long run to getting a financial education in some capacity. So we have one rule here, and that is we're not going to do anything that you don't understand. So uh, that's a big one is I don't want to learn about this stuff. I just want to trust you. I want you to do. I know that you know my friend, and he told or she told me that you're great, so I'm just going to do whatever you tell me. I think that's a very risky proposition that doesn't do you a lot of favors in the long run. Um, and the other is, of course, not following the plan. But, you know, the, that is what it is. That's that's discipline left up to you. But uh, definitely some people that have a, a very difficult time while they're working staying to a budget and a very difficult time while they're retired staying to a budget. Those would be the big three that that I see. And, and um, working with an advisor that is not holding your best interests in mind, that doesn't have uh, the perfect relationship with you to make sure that we're both on the same side of the table working for a common goal. That's another risk that I see.
We're going to talk more later in the program about how important working with the fiduciary is. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. When we come back, we're going to talk about annuities. I'm Diane Brennan, and you're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. This week, we're featuring some of the most memorable segments from all this year. Here's another listener favorite from the Aptus Audio Archives. Josh, let's talk about annuities. Would now be a good time to look into them? Well, let's first talk about what an annuity is. I think there's, there's, you know, there's two types of annuities, immediate and deferred annuities. And then amongst the deferred annuity category, there's a lot. But um, if we're talking about specifically immediate annuities, immediate annuities are very much like a pension meaning that I will give the insurance company a certain amount of money in a lump sum, and then in return, they will pay me a monthly income for the remainder of my life or for some specified amount of time. Usually, uh, the remainder of your life and its longevity protection. You can never outlive this bunch of money. The argument to those is that in today's environment of low interest rates, is now a great time to buy an immediate annuity that's going to pay out for the rest of my life that is essentially going to be calculated based upon today's low interest rate environment. And while I would say there's some validity to that, um, there's also some significant validity to making sure that you have an income stream that you can outlive for the rest of your life. And will that give you the opportunity to maybe be a little more aggressive with some of your other assets? Beyond that, though, um, annuities are not affected uh, purely in the same way as some other investments are from an interest rate perspective, because even though interest rates may fall, there's still a longevity calculator in there. So they don't fall necessarily congruently or equally with all investments just because interest rates fall. But let's compare them to our other options because I think that's important. You know, people uh, certainly like to badmouth all sorts of different ideas, but we have to compare them in a net-to-net perspective. So why wouldn't I be better off going and getting a bond, for example? Well, the problem with bonds is interest rates and bonds are inversely proportional, which means they go in opposite directions. So bonds have really benefited over the last 20 years or so from an environment where interest rates are constantly dropping. You know, we have 30-year mortgage rates at 3%, sometimes less than that right now. I mean, I, I can't fathom how they could go any lower than that. But every time I say that, Diane, they seem to go a little bit lower. But I think we're at a point now where we can't really go much lower. Interest rates are essentially at a, at a wash. So interest rates, I would, you know, everybody kind of agrees they have nowhere to go but up. Well, as interest rates go up, bond prices should fall. So while bonds offer some stability and that they're not as risky as stocks and they provide income, you know, maybe I buy a bond and they pay me 4% a year in this bond. If I have a $100,000 bond that they're paying me 4% on and now new bonds are paying 5%, if I need to get out of that bond, I'm going to get less than $100,000. So there's some risk there. There's, there's actual measurable risk inside of bonds. There is no measurable risk inside of an annuity. 
does a bond provide an income stream for the rest of my life, no matter how long I will live, whether I live to 80 or 180? Absolutely not. It does not. So there is some huge validity still to income generating annuities. Now, I, I spoke a lot, Diane, about you know, immediate annuities, and the reality is not too many people do pure immediate annuities. What they do is deferred annuities. And deferred annuities is what you do before you turn on that income stream. And I think there is a huge uh, case to be made for deferred annuities right now. And there's a bunch of different ways to do deferred annuities, but let's talk about fixed annuities in particular right now. There's two types of fixed annuities. One is just a pure, we'll pay you 4% guaranteed for this period of time. The other one is what we call a fixed indexed annuity. And a fixed indexed annuity allows you to participate to a degree in the performance of the market with no downside risk. And I know that sounds too good to be true. Uh, and maybe if we have s some more time on, a, on a, a later in the show, I'll talk about how they do that. But you could get, you know, in many instances, 60, 70% of the upside of the stock market with no downside risk whatsoever. They also add in then these income riders, which means as long as I play by these rules for a period of time, let's say one year, two years, sometimes 10 years, then it'll provide an enhanced income stream for the rest of my life, sometimes adjusted for inflation even at a very significant rate, that I can outlive. Well, why would that be a value? Uh, right now, we just said we might be heading to a, uh, might be uh, a W-shaped type correction. Well, if that's the case, we've had a rebound now. We've rebounded from, uh, depending on how you were invested, some, if not all of your losses. Let's lock in back where we were now still give ourselves some potential for upside, but eliminate all the downside risk. And then let's say we're five or 10 years out from retirement, then we know when the retirement picture time comes, we can set up a guaranteed income stream for the rest of our lives that we cannot outlive with a portion of our money. Do we want to necessarily do that with all of it? No, there's some rules we have to play by. There's some liquidity issues, and we certainly wouldn't want to invest all of our eggs in one basket anyway. But it does add the, state, the safety and stability of a guaranteed income stream to your portfolio, which has huge value right now. If people have questions, you can give Josh a call at 614-364-7300 and also to schedule your complimentary customized planning session. Again, the number is 614-364-7300. Josh, concerning annuities, I read something about financial strength ratings. Can you explain what that is and why it is important? If we look back at what I just said, annuities provide guarantees, income for the rest of your life that you can't outlive. All of these things use the word guarantees. And those guarantees are only as good as the person providing the guarantee or the company providing the guarantee. So insurance companies are rated. They're rated just like the grades in school, uh, A through D. Obviously, you don't want to invest in a D-rated company because, you know, there's a pretty good chance that if you're a D student in school, uh, school wasn't your bag. Well, if you're a D student in the insurance world, uh, you're probably not managing your assets as an insurance company very well. Um, so step number one, uh, go with high-rated insurance companies. And there are four major rating agencies. Most people only pay attention really to the big three, which is Fitch, Moody's, and S&P. But there's also, an insurance, there's also a rating agency called AM Best. They all rate a little bit differently. Um, you know, one will be A++ is the top rating, and then A+, and then A, and A-, minus and so on and so forth. Others will be uh, a double A, a single A, and then down through the line. Some will just be uh, A+, plus, A, A-, minus and so on and so forth. But it, it's important to note how and why they're rated the way that they are. 
if you're investing, an insurance company is essentially taking your money, investing it on your behalf in guaranteed instruments for the most part, and then giving you a fixed interest rate. So they're taking on some of that risk. If the insurance company is promising you a rate based upon taking on too much risk, well, then you're essentially taking on some risk there as well. So to be an A-rated company or better, you are regulated to a higher degree as to what, as an insurance company, as to what you can invest in. So if you're a, B, a B-rated company, you can be much more aggressive with your portfolio than you can be for an A-rated company because they won't give you the A rating if you're invested that way. Well, in times of uncertainty, you could view that as a little bit more risk. Um, the other thing that's important to know about insurance companies is they have to maintain a certain level of solvency. And that's a ratio that I like to look at is what is an insurance company's solvency ratio. And solvency essentially means if everybody comes in and says, give me my money, do you have enough money to give them back? And, you know, we view banks with this air of solidarity and they can't go anywhere and they're great. Banks are regulated in a similar way. And uh, well, I'll ask you, Diane, do you have any idea what the solvency ratio of a bank has to be? 30 you give them a dollar. <laughs> you give them a dollar. How much do they have to? How much do they have to actually have? And how much can they loan out? Oh, isn't it like let's say ninety six cents on the dollar? It's pretty close. Yeah, they have to keep. They have to keep approximately ten cents. So you give them a dollar, they loan out ninety cents. They used to be called savings and loans, right? So they give out ninety cents, and they're the way that they make money outside of charging fees and all sorts of other stuff on accounts. The way that they make money is they loan out the money that you give them, charge somebody interest on the money that they loan out, and then they hope that you don't that everybody doesn't come in and give me all the say give me all my money because then they have a big problem. But they've done the actuarial calculation that not everybody's going to run in and say give me all my money tomorrow morning. Insurance companies, on the other hand, cannot do that. They cannot loan out your money. What they are doing with your money is investing your money, in uh, essentially by buying bonds, etc. Uh, so. If their solvency ratio drops below 100%, the state in which they operate, which does uh, tons of audits, that state will come in and essentially shut them down. Now, banks are backed by FDIC, uh, so there, we all know that you know FDIC backs us to $250,000. So even if the bank goes out of business and we have $250,000 in a bank, we know we're going to get it back because the government essentially backs it up. They're backed federally. Insurance companies are backed by, not all of them, but most of them are backed by a system called SPIC, which is the State Protection Fund. So they are the same, at least in the state of Ohio, they're the same, uh, $250,000 per contract. So if you were going to go, or per person, per company, so if you were going to invest $500,000, well, then it makes sense maybe want to spread this out amongst companies. But if you had $200,000 in some insurance company in the state of Ohio and that insurance company subscribes to SPIC, then you would, in fact, be made whole. So the takeaways on why, why strength ratings are so important is, one, uh, make sure you get one that's rated good by a third party. Uh, and essentially, these rating agencies are like consumer reports of the insurance world. So get an A-rated company, number one. Number two, get one that's backed by SPIC in the state of Ohio, and not all of them are. And then number three, know that all not all annuities are created equal. Make sure that you're getting the one that is best for you. So there's a lot of things to take into account. Make sure you speak with somebody who knows what they're talking about, and make sure you do your due diligence, because not everything is created equal by any means. And you, of course, go over this with your clients. 
For sure. I mean, this is uh, part of our process. If an annuity fits the bill, which sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, we want to make sure that we understand the ins and outs of both the insurance company and the product that we're talking about. Because like I said, not all of them are created equal. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. The number again is 614-364-7300. I'm Diane Brennan, and this is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. When we come back, changes to Social Security. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. This week we're featuring some of the most memorable segments from all this year. Here's another listener favorite from the Aptus Audio Archives. Josh, how has the impact Social Security makes on retirement plans changed over the years? And and where is it going next? Well, the first thing is there's been a a significant change to the income sources that people have in retirement. Social Security being one, pensions being the other. And then the gap that kind of fills in those two was your retirement portfolio of savings, investments, et cetera. So I think that while Social Security only had to comprise of, you know, let's say a third of that to 40% of that because the gap was made up by pensions between that and retirement income, um, that is certainly not the case anymore because pensions have drastically fallen off. Uh, stats have shown that, you know, over the last 20, 25 years, social, uh, pensions have effectively gone from, you know, 80 to 90% of companies had them down to less than 10% of companies have them. So Social Security has become a larger part of people's retirement income. And unfortunately, uh, I hear oftentimes, you know, my parents never had to save this amount of money into their 401ks because they had a pension. True, but that ship has sailed. We just have to live in the environment that we're in, so we have to save a little bit more. The other thing that I hear often about Social Security in general, beyond it being, you know, a more significant source of income, uh, the way people are perceiving it, is that they're very concerned that it could go away. Um, so there's a lot of variance when I talk to people about planning in the future between I want to include Social Security in my retirement income picture, I want to include, let's just assume that I'm going to get half of it, or let's assume that it's all going to go away. Uh, which, you know, I have to lend some of my own opinions in that based upon what I think will happen politically and, you know, financially, et cetera. I don't think it's going away. I think it would be political suicide. And even if they maintain the same path that they're on, it's not going to go away, but it could be reduced. So we can talk about, you know, what's going to potentially happen there. And I think the changes that we're going to see are cost of living adjustments are not going to be congruent with probably actual inflation. We're seeing that over time. Uh, Cost of living adjustments on Social Security have been pretty minuscule over the last five or 10 years, comparatively to the last 30 or 40 years. 
Now, you could make an argument that inflation has been significantly less over those amount of years, but not necessarily on the goods and services that we would utilize that would be varying in our retirement, i.e. food. Uh, nobody would argue that the cost of food has gone up greater than what Social Security is ratcheted up by. Maybe not the cost of cars, homes, et cetera, but certainly food, which is an important piece of the retirement picture. So I think in the planning process, if we believe that Social Security will not keep par with inflation, that we need to accommodate for that somewhere else, which puts a greater strain on other investments. It's not a negative. It just is what it is that we need to accommodate for. So that's one thing that I certainly see changing. The others is, even though our inflation adjustments are pretty minuscule, most of them are being gobbled up by the increased cost of Medicare. Now, good news when it comes to Medicare is I remember when I was a kid, people talked about going on Medicare like it was the worst thing ever uh, because Medicare as a, as a health plan was so bad. Well, quite frankly, health plans have gotten much worse over the years, and, and nobody's going to argue with me there. Medicare looks pretty darn good now. So Medicare is not a bad plan. That's the good. The bad news is, like all health care, the costs are escalating quicker than regular inflation rates. So if you're sitting at home right now and you're listening to this and you're saying, there was an inflation adjustment on Social Security last year. I don't remember getting it. You got it. It's probably that it was offset at least as much or maybe even more by your cost of Medicare. So I think moving forward, we have to assume that not only will Social Security not have really significant inflation adjustments, but there's a, large per, there's a large likelihood that even those inflation adjustments could be gobbled up significantly by their, our cost of health insurance via Medicare. Um, the other one is uh, something that I see coming down the pipe that seems very obvious to me, and this is more of a, uh, a policy political change. Uh, currently, only 85% of your Social Security can be taxed. And many times I have to be the, the, horror, the horrible bearer of bad news that your Social Security can, in fact, be taxed at all. Um, but if you didn't know, Diane, or the people who are listening, so your Social Security, although it was arguably a tax out of your paycheck that was going to be returned back to you in the form of a retirement income, it can, in fact, be taxed again. And that tax is based upon your outside income. So it's the only income source that I'm aware of in the tax code that is taxed purely based upon outside income. And that does not mean that your tax bracket goes up because you're making more money. I mean the amount of your Social Security that can purely be taxed. Meaning that if your Social Security is $2,000 a month, you're a married couple, and that's all you live on, you pay no taxes on your Social Security. However, if you had $50,000 in outside income, maybe you know from an IRA distribution, now up to 85% of your $2,000 a month of Social Security can be taxed at whatever tax bracket you're at. There is some debate over why it's 85%. I think moving forward, if you're in that privileged position where you, you have more income than uh, the thresholds are, and the thresholds are very low, by the way. For a married couple, it's income of greater than 32000 So don't think you have to be a billionaire to hit these thresholds. Uh, I think there's a very high likelihood that um, more than 85% of your Social Security can be taxed moving forward. Um, last one, and that is the one that I hear oftentimes that's most terrifying to most people that I talk to, is will Social Security become means-tested? And what means-testing means is Social Security, the argument is Social Security was originally established to provide a baseline income for people who need it. And if you're worth many millions of dollars, 
you don't need Social Security is the argument. I'm not agreeing with this. I'm just telling you the argument, Diane. And if that were the case, that would mean you would be entitled to, even though you'd paid into Social Security your entire life, arguably if you were worth that much money at a very significant uh, contribution rate or comp- contribution dollar amount, that you get no Social Security on the back end. And the challenge there is when you're planning, you'll hear many times people who are in that position saying, I don't want to count on it uh, because of that. So there's a lot of changes. Um, Cost of living adjustments will be lower. Medicare is going to gobble up a significant amount of that. People are argumentative about what's the solid area of Social Security and will there be means testing? Will I even get it? And then how will it be taxed? Those are the biggest ones that I hear in my office and the biggest ones that I think have some significant merit. So do you think it's correct for us to just go into retirement or plan for retirement, not counting on it? And if we do get it, bonus? I think that would be the safest approach, right? Um, If you're not counting on it and you know you can retire without it, then no harm, no foul if you get it or don't get it because you're fine either way. But what about those that are 10 years away and they're counting on that Social Security income to be able to live? Therein lies the problem is while I think that your uh, concept of let's not count on it and then we'll be better off just simply isn't tangible for or, you know, plausible for everybody. I mean, quite frankly, um, you know, not all income categories can save enough to replicate their income without the use of some sort of governmental, uh, if you're, you know, retirement plan like Social Security. Make no mistake about it. Six point two percent of your income is going to Social Security and your employer is matching that. So Social Security is receiving over 12% of your income to fund a retirement plan for you. And to say that you get nothing in return out of that, well, in my opinion, is just flat-out robbery. Well, you I'm, ex- I'm expecting them to pay me back everything I put into it first if they're not going to give me anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, which is always the way the government works, right? I'm not <laughs> right. trying to pick on them, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath on that one or you're definitely not going to get your money back. But I think there's you got to kind of plan for both scenarios and see where you land. Um, again, I started this by saying eliminating Social Security would be political suicide. I still believe that. Um, I don't think that Social Security is going away, but I do think over the next 10 to 20 years we're going to have some difficult decisions to make. And I don't know if that's going to be funding it more via payroll taxes at a larger percentage um, or if it's going to be paying out less. I think the answer is probably a combination of both with a grandfathering period over a period of time. But i got to be honest with the government uh, and their difficulty in getting things done these days. I do cautiously approach that, wondering if they can get a reasonable, if they can get a reasonable bill out of it. How do we change it? And to change it dramatically, it has to be ratified. Uh, it's not just as simple as signing off some you know, bill through Congress. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So... I think we have our work ahead of us, but I think we, we should address it, like with all problems, we should address it head on sooner rather than later, and the detriment to it in the long run will be less. But again, can the government do anything in that matter, and can they solve something as difficult to address as this uh, politically? I don't know. We have a few minutes left, and I just wanted to ask, for a lot of self-employed people out there, such as myself, I've a, I have to give myself a paycheck, but I have a choice on how I can break that up. I could get out of the LLC. I could do some different things. So paying each month, knowing that Social Security may go away and I may not receive this, I mean, do you find a lot of people that are self-employed are going, well, maybe I won't give myself that paycheck or structure it that way since Social Security is so up in the air? I have this conversation all the time, uh, particularly about 
you know, people uh, have different opinions on, um, quote unquote, the rich and how do we change tax codes to catch the quote unquote rich in that net so that they pay their quote fair share. And um, and I I promise I'm going to circle back to your question because I think it's related. You're not going to catch the rich just by raising income taxes. You're not going to catch the rich by increasing Social Security payroll taxes. There's other things that you need to address. And I know in, in today's time constraints, we can't get into that. But as it addresses to your Social Security, if you're self-employed, the downside is uh, you have to pay both sides because you are your employer and your own employee, right? So you're paying 12.4% as opposed to only 62 and your employer paying the other half. So very common uh, methodology there, particularly for people who make more income. Uh, you know, let's say you make you know, one hundred or $200,000 a year, is you pay yourself a salary via an S-corp. You only pay Social Security taxes on that salary. And then all distributions from your company are not taxed at the Social Security rate. They do get gobbled up in the Medicare, but not in the Social Security rate. So let's say, for example, you're a, a realtor and you make $100,000 a year, but the average realtor in the United States only makes $30,000 a year. You're just an exceptional realtor. And I'm sure this will hit home for you, Diane, being a realtor. Are you in my uh, head, Josh? Are you in my head? Uh, yes, I am. So I take a salary of $30,000. I pay my 12.4% on the salary of $30,000, but the other $70,000 that I receive is not taxed at the Social Security level. Now, the detriment there will be is Social Security is around, you're only going to be paid Social Security as if you were a $30,000 wage earner. The benefit would be your Social Security taxes were obviously a heck of a lot less because you're only paying based upon a $30,000 salary as opposed to a hundred. So it's kind of a judgment call. You know, how do I how do I do that? And there's some math calculating that you can do. And if you really want to nerd out, Diane, you can go on Social Security's website and say, these have been my earnings. They have a calculator. This has been my earning years uh, over the years. What am I entitled to now? And they'll tell you, this is what your forecasted Social Security looks like. And you say, well, what if my, my income drops by you know, 70% in the example that I just used, how big of an impact will that have on my social security according to today's laws? And see if you think that, you know, juice is worth the squeeze. Do do you think the risk is worth the reward? And that's up to you because we don't know what the future holds, but you're right. Managing that is a, is something that happens oftentimes. And it certainly happens upon among high wage earners, particularly who are independent business owners and footing both sides of that bill. To learn strategies to manage risk and to schedule your own personalized planning session, which I think it's obvious now I need to do, uh, give Josh's office a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And just another reminder, hear Josh every Monday at 6 p.m. with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer for Money Mondays. And if you miss it, you can listen to the podcast at aptuswealth.com. That's also where you can sign up for the newsletter and attend an informational webinar as as well as schedule an appointment with Josh. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. You've been listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with host Josh Pick. Josh helps guide his clients through retirement by managing risk instead of chasing returns. He calls it a blueprint, and you can get started at no cost or obligation. Give the team at Aptus Wealth a call today to schedule your consultation at 614-364-7300. That's 614 614- 364-7300 or online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. To learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy, join us again next weekend right here at 98.9 The Answer.
Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. 